Alicia. Hi, I'm Sammy Mackey. Hi, I'm Alex Curtis. We are coming to you from the Steampunk Mansion, also Golden Retriever Headquarters. Trying to control Golden Retrievers is, <laughs> let's just say, a little bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so if you see us oddly moving about, it's because there are Golden Retrievers around our feet. to some of the pool shows and we spend more time thinking about the potential of the brands for the business and what is going to come next. One of the things that we know that really has worked for us, so we encourage all of our friends to do it, is video. And as you and I were talking, we have a history that goes back with Gary Vaynerchuk and the book Crush It, the book Thank You Economy, both of those very much helped us pivot in a way and become more of the company that we are today. So we just got his most recent book, Crushing It. Yes, we did. You read part of the introduction. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't even got through the introduction. And remember, I called you over and said, we need to talk. Yeah. So we're going to be... Growing, changing, shifting improving, mm -hmm. shifting a little bit more. I think it's all it, it's all good, but just rereading, literally two thirds of the introduction, kind of put my brain back into the space of of where we were going, and not like we have been going in a great direction because we have, but there's so much more we could do, and there's so much more of putting the proverbial pedal to the metal and saying, okay, I've defined this, this is what I'm going to do. And all of what he shares in those books are very much what we do. And again, were we doing it because we learned it from him or were we doing it beforehand? I don't know, it kind of gets blurry. I mean, we kind of had that philosophy, but he put it probably put into words back in those days, how you and I felt about the customer experience and how it should be. And I do think that he really influenced how we moved forward at that period in that period of time. And how we were able to communicate what we were doing with other people. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, we were well into the insights experience at that point and reinventing everything about us, followed by reinventing the pool company. And I think it just amplified 
probably the messages in his book amplified what we were doing, and then we were able to point to it. Well, and it helped us recognize that we were doing this thing that was so unusual. Mm -hmm. Because when he put it into words, he helped make me aware that this isn't how normal business is done. That people don't treat their customers that way. We had just done that because it's who we are, but he helped me recognize that, wait, this is unusual. Really good, but unusual. So the million dollar question, what does that mean for Ask the Pool Guy, Legendary Escapes, Living Legendary, coming Well, up? we have a lot of things going on that at that time we didn't have going on, for sure. And I think we had a quote-unquote formula that we were using and working with that was very much working for us in the social media world, in the communication and attracting customer, that whole experience. And we've never changed from that. But I don't know that we stayed focused on that because we got busy doing stuff and it was all working, so we just kind of kept doing it. And video was certainly one of those. We never slowed down, we never stopped doing video, which I think is tremendously important. But I think as these new parts of the brand have come on, we probably, it's time probably to put those into this formula that we're doing. And the Living Legendary with the TV program, of course we went into that knowing it was the next most important thing without really knowing what we're gonna do with it. And I think that's what we're discovering now is how awesome it is and how amazing it is. And the experience was for me, for sure, but what can we do with it to make it make sense for it to have meaning, have it have something. And I think moving it into that formula-ish of, of what we learned to do based on the teachings of guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, I think that's what the introduction of the book made me realize is that, whoa, what is the brand really now? Because everything, if you've read Crush It, Thank You Economy, and now Crushing It, it's all about building a personal brand, which I would say we've done sensational at. But then what do you do with it? I mean, having a brand is one thing, but if you're not doing something with the brand, what does that mean? And I think that's where he, just in that introduction, got me back to thinking about what do we want to do with this amazing freaking brand that we've created? And what do we want it to look like in the next five or 10 years? I think that's where I was left with, hmm, yeah, what do I really want out of that? I mean, I don't have some specific, oh, I gotta have a thing out of this brand, but it left me wondering, you know, what, what, is, what are our intentions? I think that's the discovery, and I think that's what's important in, in knowing how, the, how social media has just enriched and developed and become just a mainstream. Think about 10 years ago, when we were grinding our way through some of the original social media platforms and figuring out how to use them and philosophizing about them and talking about them and, and how could we use this at that time for the Insights Group brand versus the Ask the Pool Guy or Legendary brand and how mature they are today. Think about how simple Facebook was when we first were discovering its use in the business world and how it's just such a normal thing. It's just on your phone. Think about it back then, it wasn't just on your phone. 
You went to Facebook when you were on a computer or on an iPad and you looked at it. And now it's just there every day and you hit a button and you go and you look at it and you, you move on and it's just become a normal part of culture. Well, how does that translate into our, our representation of a brand? And I think that was one of the things that kind of hit me too in just reading the intro was how impactful social media is and how impactful it's been for us and how it's changed fundamentally everything about our business and how we do business. Not just the business itself, but how we do business is based in this whole social media world versus doing business in a traditional way and then having this social media thing as a little promotional thing. You know, so question for you, what is, what is it today? What is social media to us today in terms of our brand? You know, wonder, wondering versus before it was this thing that we can kind of use to sort of promote ourselves and create whatever. And today, it's like the only thing that we really do. Isn't it? And kind of from a marketing standpoint, short of the few advertising postcards we send out, isn't our majority of our interaction with people kind of in that online space? Yeah. It is, isn't it? So what, what do you think that means moving forward? I know it's worked amazingly well for us to this point, and I don't know what the next step is. I don't know what it looks like, but I want to get there, and that's why I'm reading this introduction, and I'm calling you from your office going, oh, when you get a minute, come over here, because we need to talk, is I was ready at that point to say, whoa, we need to just re-tic-tac-toe this whole thing and figure it out and, and go for it again. Because I think there's a whole other level that we're ready to graduate to in the world of online presence, in the world of how we how we harness and use social media to sell what we sell. It's not like selling a little widget. It's it's not even like selling a $28 bottle of wine, which is what Gary Vaynerchuk did and created a huge business. We used it to build massively cool things of, of really high dollar value. So they're... It's the same process, but it's a very different product. Well, what does that look like moving forward is a question that I was kind of left with after reading purely the introduction. Of what's this next step look like for us? You just mentioned tic-tac-toe. It has been 10 years, just about, and we will not get over. Why? I want to know. Because I'm in a rocking yeah. chair. Thou shalt rock in a rocking chair. Okay. Okay. It's been 10 years since we did our first boot camp. A decade. I really don't know why we did the first boot camp other than it probably seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. And perhaps because we had been doing a lot of trainings and workshops and things like that, it was a place to encourage people to show up if they were serious about doing something. And we just did, a couple weeks ago, another boot camp. So what? Ten years later. What is what is the boot camp experience, and what is this tic tac toe thing? Well, I think I think for us back then, we were very much in this internet space, social media. We I like to say we stumbled across it. I mean, it's, it's not that simple. You obviously 
subdivision, I'll give you full credit for that, is back in those days, Sandy very much, she's a bit younger than me, so you were in the loop of the online world. I, I was quite frankly the old concrete pool guy that would just wanted to do things that I knew, and you saw the opportunity to use Facebook freshly out of the colleges, freshly kind of apply, you were probably in school at the time, so that helped you connect with it. And next thing you know, you said, well, this is a tool that we could use. And to me, I just sort of had faith in you that you knew what it was because I had no clue. I remember stumbling into Twitter and then figuring that out in the really early stages of it going, wow, this is really cool. But you saw that as the opportunity and, and as crazy as that time was for us, we found ourselves in this whirlwind of teaching and talking and traveling about social media and the, why the world needs to embrace it. And we were in those early stages of no one knowing anything about it and people asking us, would you teach us? And I think out of that kind of came this, well, what would a social media slash marketing week-long smack them in the face boot camp look like? And... I think we just, I would, I would imagine if I could go back 10 years, you just put it on the schedule and said, we'll figure it out. And we got butts in the seats and people stayed, was it five days or three days or whatever? It was, it was long. It wasn't like it was a, it, was a it wasn't like it was a one day little whatever. The first ones were several days and people just dragged their butts out at the end of the day because we just unloaded all this great stuff on them. But at the end of each one of those, there was a very specific set of plans that they could use to move their business forward. And I think that was, as much as it was helping them, it was helping us establish what our brand was, what our brand would be, what we would do with it in the future. And that was pretty kind of crazy cool. From that, from that place, we just sort of started because it was an important thing to do. I don't know that we knew I know, I didn't know where we were going. I was in the pool business trying to figure my effing way out of the pool business because it had felt, at that time it had felt like all the years that I'd put into it were culminating at nothing significant. Sure we were building pools, sure we could continue to build pools, but there was no enjoyment, excitement, feeling of satisfaction out of it at all and on top of that it was this think about 2007 2008 and the economic turmoil of where that was for people and people were losing their jobs and panicking and freaking out and you know the pool company survived through that as much as we tried to kill it I mean we really tried to put it down like we're not doing this and somehow we just kept kind of kept doing it and it didn't go away, and I think it didn't go away for a reason, because there was something more that we were supposed to do with it. And I think that's what came then, 2009, 2010, what would it look like if we chose to do it our way? And to me, when I look back at the, that period of time, what a blessing that was to have this distraction. We were still working in the pool business, still servicing customers, still taking care of what we had in front of us, but I wasn't loving it at all, at all. I was done, but we were developing this certain way, as we've learned to call it, 
we were developing it, which gets back to the original question about tic-tac-toe, we were developing this system in terms of how to figure out your marketing, which, which was tic-tac-toe at that time, and still is. But we were in all of that, me doing everything I could to leave the industry that I understood and knew, and trying to get into something new, and yet, full circle, recognizing that, wait, I love the pool business, and I want to stay in it, but I want to stay in it on my terms. I think that's, that's an amazing thing for me, is that I am now in the pool business on my terms. Now, granted, there's moments where you go, but it's my terms versus what I was being pushed along to do because business school, business books, business training, business whatever said you had to do it that way. I was stuck in that. Today, I'm in it on my terms. I do realize that at any given moment, I could fucking walk away if I wanted to. But because I have that know it, that knowledge and that knowing, I never need to. But it was through all of that experience and all of that training and all of that tic-tac-toeing it and figuring it out and using the tools that, that became available to us, quite frankly, from the universe, because tic-tac-toe was something that you literally, I witnessed you download from the universe and put on the paper this whole system to help people understand their business. And knowing that today is we could walk away, but we don't want to or need to because we've been able to use the tools to create the life that we wanted to live. I think about pre-2008 Insights Group versus post-2008. We're in 2018 now. And at that time, I had been in the business for many, many years, grinding my way through. This is my 31st, 3-1, 31st pool season upcoming. So I've done 3-0, 30 of them. From start to finish, in it, all the way through it, living it, loving it, hating it, all of that. 30 freaking years. The first 20, post, pre, 2008 were because I had to. They were because it was the thing that allowed me to make a living and raise children, have a family, all the proverbial supposed to things that you're supposed to do. Go on vacation once a year, take two weeks off, you know, all the same shit. And 2008, when I absolutely I was at the point where it needed to be done, and that was coming on, as you well know, 2004, 2005, 2006. You got involved somewhere 2004 or 5, but by 2008, I was done, pool-wise. And yet, when I look at 2008 to now, what a world of difference. Think of how different our world is because we get to do it. We don't have to do it. Now, do we need to make money, make livings? Absolutely. But I think what we recognize is we could do that anywhere. Yeah. If we're going to choose this lane, if we're going to choose to do this thing that we can become passionate about, what would it look like? And that was really different than having to do it because I had to make a mortgage payment and I had to make a living and I had children that needed their stuff. And they That's a whole different energy and feeling around it. Oh, 
Because now it's, we get to do this. And you know what? When we decide to quit, we could quit whenever we wanted. And it would be okay. Will we ever quit? Probably not. I mean, by virtue of what it is and who we are today and what we get to do today, there's no other thing I'd rather do. There's no other business I'd rather be in. There's no other industry that I would rather be rocking it out with and having fun with. I don't know about for you, but for me, there's, there's like nothing else. I mean, I, I say I've got, this is my 31st season, but this is your like 15th? Second. You've been at this Second. for quite a while. I mean, you, yeah. you're, you've been around for an awful long time. 12, 13, 14, 15 years. I don't know. It's been a long time. So a little it's bit more than a little more than you would imagine. So it's not like you you could just like walk away from. I mean, you could, but would you? Because today, I imagine if we'd stayed on the path that we were on in two thousand four, five, and six, seven, even maybe two thousand eight, and we hadn't seen the opportunity that social media provided in terms of a business tool and as a growth tool and and all of that, and we had done the trainings, we had done those things, the pool business wouldn't be nearly as attractive to me. I don't know about you. But today, because we've determined the lane that we're going to be in, and we're only going to do what we love, and build the craziest, coolest, freaking things for people, because we love doing that, it's easy to think about staying in it forever. At that time, it was not easy to think about staying in it for another week, a month, year, whatever. It was it was a struggle. But today, it's easy to think that 20 years from now, when I'm old as freaking whatever, I'm still going to want to do this because I love the industry. Loving the industry and having just come from a pool show where we were able to attend some classes, chat with some people. What do you see in something that needs to kind of come to the forefront to support people in the industry? Because we talk to a few people who love what they're doing, a lot of people who tolerate what they're doing, and a few people who probably want to be doing something else. So. Yeah. Knowing now what you know, what what could help the people who are kind of in that middle limbo of making it work, yet maybe they don't know why? I really think there's a disconnect. And there's a disconnect between what business school and college would teach you as to what the right way of doing business is. There's that lane. And that lane is a traditional lane because it's what's always been done. And there's this whole new elevated lane over here that says, do what you want because you want to do it. And if you do it and love it and you're passionate about it, you get paid for it. That didn't fit in the, the traditional model. If you go back to traditional model of business, it was all about dollars and spreadsheets and, and you know bottom lines and profits and losses. And you look at all those or you grind through those and you build business plans to require exactly this, 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 and this. And if you do this, here's a formula for success. And granted, that worked an awful long time. But I do think the, dif the difference today, at least 
with the tools that we have today to promote ourselves and build a personal brand and build a, a online space that we own ourselves or our company there's a whole other lane that says let's figure out how to attract a customer into our lives that allows us to do what we love that's one thing that's missing and there's there's a segment of people you're absolutely right that will never change in the pool industry they will always be dollar driven they will always be profit loss driven they will always be and, and that's okay However, there's a significant number of people in this industry that are maybe frustrated with where they're at and they could be something else, but they're not sure out of fear, out of whatever, out of, but that's not how it's always been. Those in-betweeners simply have to stop and take a look and make a decision and say, do I want to live the life that I want to live or do I want to live a life that's expected of me? I think that's the freedom that we have today. 30, 40, 50 years ago, you didn't have that choice as easily today because you had no way of, pro of promoting the self, the, the individuality of your company. You had to spend millions of dollars on advertising to convince an audience. Today, you just have to grind out the work of expressing yourself online in a way. Think about pre-internet. The only way that you created influence was Yellow page ads, which I'm from the old days, pre-internet, where we spent thousands of dollars a month to position our yellow page ad. And if it wasn't right, we were screwed for a year. And if it was right, we got a lot of business. And if ours was bigger than someone else's, or ours said the right thing, or if it was positioned better on the page, that allowed us to get more business. Completely out of our control. I mean, that's, that's the difference between 30 years in this and a guy just getting involved in the last 10 or 15 years. Is getting back to those early days for me. When I took over the company, I had worked for the previous owner for quite a few years, run the service division. I was kind of like the go-to guy with service and figuring stuff out. And he used me in, in construction when there was issues that needed to get solved. And I just had that skill set to solve. But when I took the business over, we didn't have the internet. It didn't exist. I mean, it, it existed in this dark world where only a few computer nerds even had it and understood what it was. But in terms of from a business perspective, it didn't even exist. So for me to think about how I could get business, and I had zero experience, none. And when I bought the company from him, he walked away and kind of went like this. Send me the money. I bought the business on his dollars, which was beautiful. I couldn't have gotten it any other way. But there was zero, absolutely zero training in terms of what do you do from this day forward to make this business work. He gave me nothing. I had no schooling, no training, no ability to call anybody on my, at that time, because we didn't have cell phones, Rolodex to say, phone a friend, help me. I have this cash flow issue. I have this marketing issue. I'm not sure how to advertise. None. He simply walked away after his years of running yellow page ads, figuring out where to put his ads in the newspaper and that kind of thing. He walked away and gave me nothing. So I, a 
again, have no idea until the yellow page ad guy or girl comes in every year and says, it's time to renew this outrageously expensive piece of crap advertisement in a book. What do you want to do? And they had this formula that's really interesting. If you, if you go back to look at the salesmanship at the time, they had this way of getting you to buy a big ad because it was a deal. And then the next year, it wasn't such a good deal, so you dropped down to a different ad. So maybe this year you'd go bigger black and white ad, the next year was smaller color ad, and then year after that was big. And, and they, we kind of you massaged the numbers to figure out I needed to be in four different books for it to make any sense. Where we were located, we were, there were three major yellow page ad books, separate books that completely encapsulated the, the customer base that we were used to, the, the area. So I had to make these decisions on these three different books that were stupidly expensive, every single one of them. And this year, this ad would be bigger, and this would be smaller in color, and this would be back in white, and this would be whatever. And it was this juggling to try to keep it as reasonably cost as possible. We're talking thousands of dollars every single year. And we played this game of positioning. So if I bought this big of an ad, then I showed up before this guy. And if this guy, and it was just this juggling of all that guy, or there was for a while there was a female representative that was to sell me an ad. They didn't care. Biggest possible ad and in color was more money they made. But the way the formula worked is that a bigger ad in black and white was cheaper than a smaller ad in color, but it positioned you differently. And sometimes if you got to a bigger, a better position, that was how people made a phone call. So it was literally taking a shotgun and shooting into the air, hoping eventually you'd hit a duck. That, that's what the marketing was. That's the only thing I had to rely on to survive and exist those early years. That was it. Is yellow page ads, horribly expensive. You paid that bill 12 months of the year, whether you did a dime of work or not that year, that month, you paid that ad for thousands of dollars. Thousands. It's not like you could shut it off in the fall and open it up in the spring. When, when the money stopped, that bill came every single month. And if you didn't pay that bill, they shut your phone off. Here's another interesting thing. So Yellow Page ad was connected to your phone, which meant that if you didn't pay the bill that thousands of dollars every month, then they shut your phone off. So you, to keep the phone on, you had to figure out how to pay the bill. Well, coming from that world and going, somehow I got through it, and we built a crap ton of swimming pools, and we did a ton and ton of work, but to do it, here's the compromise, and you and I probably never even talked about this. The compromise that I had to continually make to be able to pay those bills for that marketing, advertising, whatever, oftentimes I had to take work at lower dollar to get the work to pay the bill so I could keep the lights on for the next month. So the cycle of doing work and finding a customer that called out of this yellow page magic world that allowed me to stay in business wasn't always the best customer because I wasn't defining it. The yellow page ad, which somebody else designed for someone that I wasn't even sure who the customer was, and hopefully that ad worked that they called me and they called three other people as well, 
Well, as soon as they call the three other people, those who's going to be the cheapest because now let's pick up the price war. So through all of those experiences, this is all pre-internet. For me, to then realize, once we started this boot camp thing, now, now, we'll, now we'll swing from 30 years ago to 10 years ago and say, what if? What if we could do it differently? What if we could do it our way? There was no our way in my mind 20 years ago. It probably existed, and I'm sure somebody, you know, many guys with advanced understanding of how marketing worked and, and maybe having marketing degrees and everything else would have understood it. I didn't. It was literally shooting in the air, hoping that if you shot it enough times, you'd hit a duck and you'd eat. That's how our marketing was. Or the newspaper, local people would come in saying they're running a special ad on something, and you just had to throw it out there and hope that something gained some business. And then 10 years ago happens for me, and the internet not only becomes this tool that is just a website, because prior to 10 years ago, you had a website. And, you know, I had gone through many iterations of websites, which were cool, and people loved what we were showing online, and that was always great. But there wasn't that interaction. What would happen is they would go online, see it, and call us, and then we'd have to interact. And then this social media experience happened. Again, that goes right back to that 2008 period of time. And now we have this whole other tool. How do we interact fully with someone? And that's kind of the smack in the face for me was that we could talk to people about this idea that we have, about this new product that we have, about this way of thinking that we have. But prior to that, I didn't have that interaction. And if they called and we didn't respond in the right way, they called someone else. Or if we called and we responded in a certain way they didn't like, they called somebody else. Or if we responded... In the, of course, in those days, it was just at least responding because notoriously pool guys don't answer their freaking phones. To this day, how many customers call us on any given point? They go, well, I called him three times. He never called me back. That happens. I was referred to him by such and such and such, and, but he never called me back. I mean, that still happens ridiculously crazy how often that happens still today. But when we, and when I say we, I mean me. When I understood and I saw the value of how we could interact online and how we could create this authentic self online, the world changed. And that's why I became re-energized and said, I could freaking do this. Because if I could just be me, if I could love the experience of being me and interacting with customers and they're gonna pay me to do crazy cool shit in their yard, well, why wouldn't I want to do that? And that was kind of the turning point for me in terms of, wow, I think we're, we are on to something with this boot camp. We're on to something with what Gary Vaynerchuk was talking about as crush it. We're on to something as this new way of interacting with the customer. And what a world of difference. And yet, I'm, I'm telling you, I know enough guys in this industry today that are still stuck. Thinking, they're not doing yellow page ads as much because the yellow, 
All right, here's an interesting fact. There were three books. If you looked at where our business was located and you drew a circle around it, so a circle of just 10 miles around our business location, which most people probably do business 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 miles around them. But if we drew a circle 10 miles from us, there were three separate major yellow page books, all this thick. They were that, every single one of them was that thick. We just happened to be in that perfect point where there was this one here, this one here, this one here. And, and if we didn't advertise in one of them, we missed out on a major part of our business. Today, those books are probably, well, again, we realize they used to be this freaking big, this thick. We remember them. You could sit on them. They were, they, were, they were like this tall when you put three of them on top of each other. There's a booster chair. Today, and they were full size. Today, they're probably about that thick each, you know, just teeny tiny, and they're these little books. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't even give you an inch and a half lift if you used them as a, as a booster chair anymore. But for us, we relied on those things and those big, massive books to do business with. And today, now, our... The world is our oyster. I mean, we're the pearl. We're the ones that get to agitate and create anywhere that we choose to. And yet at, at one point in time, we had this sphere, this circle that was so tight and it was so expensive to try to even influence people enough. And the guy that threw enough money at it every single year was the one that got the most business. That's ridiculous. It has nothing to do with how much money you put in it out, but how cool you are, how whatever. But at that time, if you put enough money, threw enough money at it, you had the better chance of making your money, which was weird. The long story for a, but what a difference when I look back at just my short 30 years of doing this. Okay, long 30 years of doing this. But in the same token, kind of short. When you think about how 30 years goes, and how the 30s can go like that, what does it look like? Pretty awesome to think about what the tool of the internet has allowed us to do today. And then, on top of that, the mobile search. Our ability to do everything from our phones. I rarely look at a computer to look something up. The only thing that I do with the computer today is watch Netflix. That's it. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Xfinity. You know, those are just like, that's really why I would go on the internet today in terms of from a computer. Again, I don't do a lot of the computer quote-unquote work that's done at an office. That's not my part. But when I go on a computer, it's just to watch stuff. all those Ask the Tool Guy questions that you answer? Well, uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, that, a lot of that can be done from a phone. But maybe not my phone anymore. I had a couple aha moments in this. Okay. Just some, some of that recognizing what the tools were and how, what a thin line getting business, not getting business was. And how, here's something that we didn't even share. Of course, we're still live, but we didn't share. Or I didn't share was that yellow page person into the office in January of every year when there was no money coming in and there was no idea how to pay, pay it because those books came out in April and May. So they sold everything in January and February 
for the april and may issues so each of my decisions every year was coming from this place of lack because there was no money coming in and i'm already gasping trying to figure out how to pay that month alone let alone if i make some giant decision that has to start getting paid in a couple months to do something big and that's pretty profound to realize that the time of year to make a decision I mean think about if they sold those oat ads in June sure whatever I'm going to be able to pay for it and you wouldn't be paying for it till the next March or April but man think of what a lack society and lack world that I came from but I knew no difference I had no I had nobody who could help me understand that Ernie certainly didn't he dropped me like a fucking bat out <laughs> like a hot potato and he ran and then waited for his check for all those years which you know can't exactly blame him but wow he just dropped it he never came back never added there's no value added he never helps me at all the minute we said I, I can almost imagine that early July when we finally sat down to finish the deal we worked through the spring so that he had money to move so he took all of the money and and I can I can only imagine Ernie going how can I just make this work for me like everybody else and he set the closing of the property and the business and the everything like early July. So all of the spring money, all of the everything, stuffed his pockets full, left me with all the bills. This is something that I've really talked about before either. And he did it because he had to do it, and I'm, I'm completely appreciative of him because without that, I wouldn't have even had the opportunity. But he took every penny that the spring provides, which can be significant when you look at openings. And I got stuck with every early buy bill, with all the shit left in the basement at that time. I got stuck with all of it. Of course, you know, he needed to do that because he was buying another house up north and we needed to move his family. So he robbed the company of every penny that was there. And the minute he did it, and we signed on the dotted line. He didn't give a fuck anymore. He didn't, not one time, did he come back. Not one time did he ask how things were going. At all. Although I do remember that first year. Middle of winter. I didn't have enough to pay him, but I owed him because I had... Uh, we had done a land contract on the building. We had done equity on the business. We had done a payment for the equity in the vehicles. We had a payment for all of the product that was left in the store. So he had gone through the basement. If you remember the basement of the office, there was all that stuff. There was tons of above, above ground liners and all kinds of shit, above ground pools and, and stuff. And he had cataloged and decided that it was worth X number of thousands of dollars, $35,000, $40,000, something like that. And he made a payment for that. So he said there was a payment of $1,000 a month for what was left in the, in the building. There was probably what he considered equity in the equipment and the trucks that were there. They all had payments on them, but he had an equity 
to them as well. So it was another five or $600 a month in equity payments for me to buy off the equity part of the vehicles. Of course, at the time, I was still buying, paying for all the trucks monthly. But then there was also the equity for the business, which fortunately what he did, I mean, I don't know if this was good or bad, but he said the building was worth X amount. The equity of the business was worth X amount. We wrote a land contract on the total. I don't know if I've ever told you that. Mm -hmm. So he, th he thought the property was worth... And, I, and I, I don't know the numbers exactly, but he said the property was worth 125000 And the equity was 25000 or something like that. So we wrote a land contract on a building for 150000 So the property, in his mind, was worth 125. The equity of the business was worth twenty-five, And I wrote a land contract and paid a deposit on one hundred and fifty. So we had a payment to him of... $1,500 a month to pay the, the land contract off, $1,000 a month to pay the uh, the material, the stuff that was left in the building, $500 a month for the equity in the, in the vehicles and the equipment that was left, and then the building payments and the, the actual payments on all the trucks. And at that time, there were four truck payments. So when, when the time came and I took over the business, I had no idea, none, how to run a business. I had no clue what I was doing. And I said, okay, and we signed on the dotted line, and all of a sudden, I was responsible, not only for what I had to pay him, but all the decisions he had made in January and February about those yellow page ads for that year which, what would you do if you were him? Step the ad up. Because it's going to make you more money in the spring through those tough years. When, you know, but when the, when the new book came out, everyone threw the old book away right away and went to the new book. So he banked on the fact that he could make more money in the spring because he was taking it all before he left. And come... August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, and April of the next year, he didn't give a shit about. And we had this massive amount of yellow page ads that had helped him through April, May, June, July, and August have helped line his pockets enough so that he could make this move. And I somehow, I don't know how, somehow we paid those bills all the way till January, February, March of the next year when I had to cut back the ads and say, in January I had to say, well, we're not going to do that again, we're not going to do that again. And so I had to pay them through March, and then our bill came down a little bit. But then the downside is you don't get as much business the next year. But we struggled, and it was every cent that we could possibly even imagine we squeezed through to make those payments that first winter because I wasn't set up for understanding. I didn't have any relationship with a bank to go. I know what Ernie did many years. He, he would go to the bank and take a loan out in the spring to get him through the rest of the winter and, and get spring startup, start up $30,000, dollars $50,000 to get things moving. I didn't have that. I had absolutely nothing. And would I change anything about it? Absolutely not. 
in hindsight, looking at it, he made moves that worked for him. They didn't work for me, but I had I didn't know I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to survive, so I survived. I didn't know that it was it should have been easier because it's what I knew, and the net result was we just fought every single moment. And so by the time 2008 comes along. I hadn't learned a whole lot because it was still that same cycle. I mean, the internet was helping and all of that, but social media changed everything because it allowed, and I share some of those maybe early discussions with me when I would say, no, I can really get rid of Yellow Pages, and you would say, well, you really should just get rid of Yellow Pages, and I would say, oh, you can't get rid of Yellow Pages. Remember those conversations? We had those. Because in your mind, the internet was the future, and, and then social media was the future, and yet, without those, I felt like we had no opportunity to make money. And at that point, the business was 30 years old, should have had this rich source of, of revenue just from referral, but I was scared that if we didn't have a big enough yellow page ad, if we didn't look better than the other guy, we weren't going to get business. And that's where it's proven to be very untrue in this today's day and age. And that's why the Yellow Pages are a little inky book anymore. 